There is a word from the Lord today in the book of Matthew, chapter 9. Uh, pray with me as we go there. Father, in the name of Jesus today, I pray that you will speak to my heart, not to my head, dear God, but to that part of me that connects with you, that I may say to your people and among your people and with your people that which you will have to be known. Lord, hide me behind the cross. Humble me in such a way that as I approach your word on today, dear God, your word stands clear and bold before your people, not of skill or human ability, but God, only in the light of Jesus Christ. Bless us now in Jesus' name. All of those who love the Lord said amen. Matthew chapter 9, verse number 27 and verse 28, in your hearing, I pray that you will read verses 27 through 34, but in your hearing, let me just read these verses. Here's what the Bible says. I'm reading from the New International Version. As Jesus went on from there, two blind men followed him, calling out, have mercy on us, son of David. When he had gone indoors, the blind men came to him and said and asked them, do you believe that I am able to do this? Yes, Lord, they replied. Let me read it again. As Jesus went on from there. Two blind men followed him, calling out, have mercy on us, son of David. When he had gone indoors, the blind men came to him. and He asked them, do you believe that I am able to do this? Yes, Lord, they replied. If I may just for a moment use as a subject for this particular sermon on the beginning of a new year, I want to talk for a moment from this thought when the church goes indoors, Jesus is still available. Jesus is still available. Most certainly 2020 has been one of the most tumultuous and trying times in all of human history. While witnessing multiple moments that will inevitably mark history and leave an indelible impression upon our memories, people of faith will mark this year and undeniably attribute it all to the sovereign hand of a merciful and kind God. We will be able to look back in wonder and say how we made it over. We have seen an unprecedented lack of leadership on the national level in response to a global pandemic that has claimed the lives of healthy and strong men and women in unexpected and swift ways that we shall never forget. We have seen and heard a horrific unholy hush once again fall on America's justice system after the unapologetic publicized brutally uh, act of black and brown bodies playing out in American streets. And while America has claimed to have an awakening to these new realities, we submit that they are not new. 
because we have now seen George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and Rashad Brooks, and Ahmaud Arbery, we cannot allow America to forget that there has already been a Rodney King, an Emmett Till, a Sandra Bland, and a Trayvon Martin as if they never happened. We have seen the unexpected, untimely loss of urban heroes like Kobe Bryant and Chadwick Boseman that left our hearts hurting because not only did their athletic and artistic excellence leave us too soon, we could not properly mourn their departure and express our grief over them even as we have been not able to do it with our own loved ones and our hearts still remain heavy. But not only this, we have seen the unparalleled disregard for human dignity when an American president and his congressional cronies refused to even allow for a dignified celebration of life for Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg to be finalized before they raced to force a successor down the throats of the American people only to uphold a political agenda. We have seen food lines and unemployment that we will never probably see again in this country while the stock market has crashed and oversized stimulus checks were issued to the wealthiest 1% of Americans, but we have failed to issue a $2,000 check to some folk that would simply help them stay afloat. And while it has been one of the most unprecedented times in American history, it has also been a time where we have simultaneously seen and witnessed the increase of faith in God as never before. The COVID-19 pandemic and all of these things have transformed virtually every aspect of American public life and has also touched the intimate parts of our lives, including our religious experience and our worship habits. While 80% of America's churches were not operating in person, faith in God has increased. Yes, that's right. Some Americans say their faith was strengthened as a result of the outbreak. Some say they returned to God because of the things that they saw with their own eyes. Some say that it was the, the kindness of others that reached out to them ac across racial lines that had them to draw closer. According to the Pew Research Center survey, Americans grew closer to God in a year when the church doors were closed. Traditionally, black Protestant Christians and churches describe ourselves as religious and particularly strong people, but yet we have even said our faith has increased. One quarter of United States adults, 24%, say their faith became stronger. And as a matter of fact, it was attributed to a global pandemic that comes out of nowhere seemingly and heaps upon us a season of peril. And yet, while all of this is going on, instead of getting weaker, the church grows stronger. This would seem improbable and impossible because if the church is closed, 
how can revival be taking place? Lord, help me in here. If the preacher is not preaching and the choir is not singing and the organ and the piano keys are not being tickled and our great cathedrals are closed and hidden from public view, how can the church be thriving and growing in times like these? I would want to submit to you, my brothers and my sister, that the church has always had a weapon that it is not known how to use and release upon society because while we have been standing in the glory of his light, it has always been about Jesus the Christ. It has been about connecting with the Lord and Savior and knowing that he is an able God. And I believe that sometimes some of the best connections with Christ take place out of sight. Tell somebody it's out of sight. It's out of sight because you don't always see what the Lord is doing in the life of an individual. As a matter of fact, when some of us come back to church, Lord, help me in here, you're going to see some changed folk, not because they were at home and not because they've lost weight, but it's because they had an indoor experience with the master that did not take place in the sanctuary and it did not take place in the Sunday school class, but they met the Lord for themselves one-on-one in a private place. And what God did on the inside will show up on the outside. What do you mean, preacher? How can the church grow in times like these? What do you mean, preacher? How can this kind of out of sight thing takes place? Uh, can I listen? Can you listen to me for just a moment? And I promise I'll get out of your way. If you read very carefully Matthew chapter 8 and Matthew chapter 9, the church is on public display. There are a lot of stuff going on. It's a lot of miracles taking place. Jesus is walking throughout the land, and it seems like everywhere he goes, there's a public miracle that he performs in the middle of a crowd. Can I borrow your attention for a moment? In Matthew chapter 8, a public miracle is on display when Jesus cleanses a leper and he does it in front of the crowd. Somebody shout in front of the crowd. And I like it when Jesus does stuff in front of the crowd. But every now and then you need a crowdless conversion and a crowdless come to Jesus. In other words, you need some stuff to happen in your life when everybody is not standing there and it's just one-on-one, -on -one, you and the master. Here it is, the church is on public display. Jesus cleanses a leper in front of the crowd. Jesus heals the centurion's servant in front of the crowd. Jesus heals Peter's mother-in-law in front of the crowd. Jesus healed a multitude of people in the evening in front of the crowd. Jesus silences the wind and the waves in front of the crowd. Jesus forgives Matthew and calls him to be a disciple even though he's a tax collector in front of the crowd. Somebody see where I'm headed here. Jesus heals a woman with an issue of blood in front of the crowd. Jesus heals Jairus' daughter in front of the crowd. But the next miracle, somebody shout, I'm next up, happens behind closed doors. Look at the text with me for just a moment. The Bible says, and when Jesus went from there, two blind men followed him, calling out, have mercy on us, son of David. And the Bible says in verse 28, when he had gone indoors, stop, wait a minute, hold up right here. Now Jesus has left them and it looked like 
to me, at least he would have stopped and said, I got time for one more miracle. But instead of stopping, he goes in the house. Ah. Why, Jesus, would you not stop right now and see about me? You checked on everybody else. You went by to see a paralyzed man. You went by to see Peter's mother-in-law. You went by to see a leper, if you will. You went by to see the centurion's a servant, if you will. You healed a multitude of people in front of a crowd. You silenced the wind and the waves. You healed a woman with an issue of blood. You gave Jairus' daughter life from death. But when I called out for a miracle, you said, let's go in the house. But here's what I'm glad you didn't do. You didn't lock the door and you left the door open and said, if you want to come get what I got, come on on the inside. Here's what I like about these two blind men. Please get this. Please get this. They did not allow the severity of their predicament to keep them from approaching Jesus Christ. Uh, I tell somebody it's bad. It's bad. Uh, 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 it's bad. I, I've been laid off. I done had the vid. All sorts of stuff that happened in my life. I work in the restaurant industry. I ain't making no tips. I'm a bartender. I'm drinking more than I'm selling right now. I, 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 this, this thing done got bad out here. But I need somebody in this house today to understand I don't care how bad it is. You don't allow anything or anybody to keep you from seeking Jesus. You see, when you're seeking Jesus, I'm sure that it's a lot of folk got some commentary on your coming to Christ. Oh, now you want to join church. Now, since you done got sick, you, you scared and you want Jesus to help you. Well, you just go ahead and ask them, yep, scared is a good reason to come to Jesus. In other words, it's some stuff out here that I hear that's taking folk life away. And since I already know, Lord, help me, I'm about to shout all by myself. Since I already know what he's able to do because I've seen him do it for other folk, why wouldn't I come to him and ask him to cover me with his blood and protect me with his grace and his love. Do I have anybody in here that don't mind telling somebody it does not matter why you come, as long as you come, you just say, Lord, come see about me. Here's the text. Here's the text. Text said, verse, I, I see it right there, verse 27. They, Jesus went from there. He done left, y'all. He done left. Church done left. They gone. It's sign on the door. Uh, until further notice. Uh, miracles, Jesus done shut them down. Chapter 8, he, I, I ain't doing them, I'm done. I'm, he's gone from there. He moving on. But two blind men who had sense enough to have heard what he had done for other folk. Verse 27 said, they followed him calling out, have mercy on us, son of David. Now, if you will allow me to preach here for a moment, I need to just share with you, I did my homework. Uh, when he calls him out, and he's calling on him 
as son of David. You recognize their initial faith includes a recognition of Jesus' identity. In other words, they did not allow the severity of their predicament to keep them from approaching him, but they recognized who he was before it had been revealed. Uh, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to bless somebody in here. You see, you don't get the, the title son of David, you don't get the messianic profession of Christ until Matthew chapter 16. But here they are ahead of season in Matthew chapter 9 saying, listen, I know what you've done for other folk. And from my knowledge of what you've done for others, can't nobody do what you have done without being who you are. Press rewind, Pastor. Go back. Hit that one more time. You can't do what you have done without being connected to the one who is above. Press rewind, Pastor. Go back and hit it one more time. Can't nobody do me like Jesus. In other words, if there is healing, it comes from the hand of God. If there is a blessing, it comes from the hand of God. If sight can be restored, only God can do it. Is there anybody in here that don't mind shouting in your own house? Tell somebody, if I need it, God's got it. God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above anything. Here it is. Here it is. They didn't allow the severity of their predicament to keep them from approaching the Lord. But, but go ahead and tweet somebody and tell them, sometimes you got to go a little further. Whoo, I like it. Sometimes you got to go a little further. What do you mean, preacher? They went to where Jesus was. But here go Jesus. I got to be honest with y'all. I, I, I got a little, you know, I talk to Jesus a lot. And so I wrote this down. Why in the world? Verse 28, why in the world, when you see these two blind men trying to get to you, uh, why in the world would you go inside and act like they ain't trying to get to you? Uh, Can I parenthetically paraphrase it for you? Why in the world, when you knew that this man was going to act like he was uh, number 45 up there in D.C. Why would you let the church close down now of all times? Or why would you allow the church to be out of season and out of reach physically when black bodies are going to be brutalized all over America? Why would you allow the church to be physically closed and you be on the inside, all off to yourself, when you knew people who had need for you were gonna be coming up from places that they had never come from before. I like this, but I need to give it to you. Just because the doors are not open doesn't mean you can't see Jesus. You see, verse 28 said, they came on the inside 
and they said, we need to talk to you. I like this, two blind brothers. I don't know how they got in there. I don't know who knew where the address was. I don't know who was leading who. The Bible doesn't say they had an entourage. It doesn't say nothing about the disciples getting them. It just says that they persisted above their circumstances, and when you persist, you will prevail, even if you don't have nobody to walk you down the aisle, even if you don't have nobody to say, I'll walk with you. You join church right there in your own house if you have to. You do whatever you got to do because the Lord is waiting for you. Here's the text. I got to move out of your way. Text helps me. It says their initial faith recognized Jesus' identity. He is the son of David. But it is when you go a little further because the knowledge of him is shared throughout the world. But the Bible reminds us, Hebrews 11 and 6, without faith. Somebody just ought to text that without faith. It is impossible to please God because anyone who approaches him must believe not only that he exists, but that he is able to reward those who diligently seek him. Despite their initial act of faith, by following and approaching Jesus, they go a little bit further. And here is what I like in the text. Jesus, once he gets them on the inside, he gives them an interrogation and a cross-examination. What are you talking about, preacher? What are you talking about? Look at this. Uh, he says, uh, do you believe that I'm able to do this? When he had gone indoors, the blind man came and he asked them, do you believe that I am able to do this? And with simplicity and yet being profound at the same time, they simply said what the church of God in Christ say all the time, yes, Lord. I like that because sometimes, oh, Lord, you don't need a whole lot of words in order to express that you believe what God helps you to understand. In church, I believe we ask too many questions. We want to bring you down front. We want to ask you how old you are. We want to ask you how you coming by letter, by Christianity, by, 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 by Christian experience, whatever. We want to ask you all that stuff. But most of the time, I got to be honest with you, I really don't know how I'm coming. I just know I'm in his presence. And I just heard about what he's able to do. And since I heard about what he's able to do, I came to see if he would do the same thing for me. Whoa, I wish I had somebody in here today that would just say, listen, I don't know about your thing and all of your fancy stuff. I just believe that he is able to do everything I commit and trust into his care. Watch the text. I'm moving out of your way. Here's what he does. He says, uh, do you believe that I'm able to do this? The first rendition of the song, Yes, Lord, comes out. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. There it is right there in the text. Read it when you get to the house. They just say, yes, Lord. Don't start in here because I'm going to sing it. But the reality of it is, is that that's all you got to say. Oh, somebody's at home right now. 
somebody wants to come to Christ. But all you got to say is, yes, Lord. Do you believe he's able to? Yes, Lord. But I got to get out of here. I, I got to go. They not only seek his help, they come to him. They not only recognize his identity. Lord, I feel like preaching in here. But they also acknowledge his ability to heal from an otherwise irreversible disability. Huh? I believe that that's one of the things that this season in life has taught us. When so many outcomes have happened for so many people, there are some of us who've had to pray through what others have not come through. In other times, there have been so many people who fell sick and healthy folk who have even lost their lives, but yet sick folk had to not give up and keep on praying because they believe God is able. There have been times that we've been isolated from church and hooked up on ventilators in hospitals, not able to see our own families and not able to connect with anybody who could feed our faith and whisper in our ear and say to us what we needed to hear to be shaken up at that particular point but thanks be unto God you were able to go indoors with Jesus is there anybody who can tell God thank you that I've been able to get inside and hear a word from you well I got to move out of your way he says I know you know who I am but do you know what I'm able to do huh I know you know who I am, but do you know what I'm able to do? I know you know what I've done for others, but do you believe I can do it for you? I know that in previous generations, you heard mama and them say, he'll be bread in a starving land. He'll be water in dry places. He'll be a roof over your head. He'll be a war horse pawing in a valley. He'll be the bright and the morning star. But now it's your turn. What do you believe? I know what you heard and you saw me do out there. But now we're in a one-on-one -on -one situation. Do I have anybody in here? If I had some old saints who would not shout me down right here, you just type in and say nobody knows what goes on behind closed doors. You really don't know about anybody else's faith until you see them walking with the Lord. They were shut up and shut in with Jesus and they had a profession of faith that did not matter about the people around them because even though the church is on lockdown, whatever you and God talk about is between you and him. Let me get out your way. I, I like this. I was about to finish the text. I was about to leave. But wait a minute. I saw one more thing in there. You came in here without sight. Church door got closed when you needed the Lord the most. All the stuff was happening. It was going on. And I, I was just saying, let's just go and shut it down. Somebody just shout, type, shut it down right here. But I can't shut it down because I saw something else in here. After all that Jesus had done, Here's what he told these guys. The Bible says, verse 29, then he touched their eyes 
and said, according to your faith, will it be done to you? And their sight was restored. I was good with that. I was fine with that. Indoor church had taken place outside of everybody else. Wasn't nothing else going on. Professional faith had been received. New members class had been canceled. We don't even need all that. Jesus done took you in. So if Jesus take you in, it really don't matter what the people say. Here he is right here. Said, I, you didn't you have, you know, I ain't asking if you came by the right hand of fellowship. I ain't asking you all that. I ain't asking you if you came because it was a deathbed confession. I ain't asking you if you came. I ain't even worried about that. I'm just glad you're here. But the Bible says Jesus warned them sternly and says, see that no one knows about this. I was a little confused about that uh, because in some of the previous things that Jesus has done, in some of the previous healings that have gone on, he told them folk to not tell nobody. Matter of fact, he did it publicly. And he did it so publicly that folk already knew. But these two guys, the Bible says he told them sternly, do not tell nobody about what I've done for you. I don't know if Jesus was trying to get a break because he was tired. I don't know what was going on. But I believe that these brothers failed that test. Uh, I believe that they failed. And truth be told to you, I wrote down, I would probably get a failing grade too. I wrote down that I'd probably get an F because this like fire shut up in my bones. When I think about what the Lord has done for me and I think about all he's brought me through, when I think about the year that we've endured, when I think about everything that has happened, if Jesus came and said to me, I'm going to fix it for you right now, and he's fixed some stuff for us this year, I don't know that I could keep it to myself. As a matter of fact, even if he told me like he told them, keep it to yourself, I would say, Mr. Jesus, I'm grateful for you telling me that, but I think you got this thing twisted. After all, you've been good to me. After all, you've kept me. After all, you've restored my sight. After all, you've healed my body. After all, you've fed me without putting me in a food line. After all, you've made some things work out for me. You've kept a roof over my head. You've protected my body. You kept me from losing my mind. Is there anybody in here that can just tell God, thank you, but I'm going to have to disobey you on this one right here because I got to tell somebody how good you've been to me. When I look back over my life and I think things over, when I see all that I've endured, how you protected us, how you healed us, how you kept us from losing our mind. Thank you for your goodness and your kindness. Thank you for your grace and your mercy. Thank you. But here's what I like. These guys said, Jesus, we heard you. But look at what they did. I'm gone. But they went out and spread the news all over the region. Uh, I, I, was, I, was, I, was, I said, these guys, they done messed up because Jesus told them not to do that. I was expecting, as if I had never read it, that the next verse would say, and because of their disobedience, their blindness came back. But here's what the text says. 
parenthetically, the Keith Norman version. Two brothers from South Memphis followed Jesus to a house that we don't know the address of. Jesus went in and closed the doors. The brothers went up in there anyway, asked Jesus for what they wanted. Jesus gives them an inquisition. He puts cross-examination on them and said, do you believe that I'm able to do what you came here asking me to do? They answer real simply, yes, Lord. He says, be it according to your faith, you have what you asked for. Their sight is restored. Jesus said, now look, when you leave, don't tell nobody. They looked at each other, and they ain't seen each other for the first time. One of them probably said, man, you ugly. The other one said, don't, I ain't got time for that right now. But they looked at Jesus and kind of sighed at him and said, yeah, right. You think you've been this good to me, and I'm not going to go out and tell somebody? But here's what I realized. Your telling is not about breaking the code between you and Jesus. Your telling is about blessing somebody else to get what you got. I'm gone. I'm out of here. Look at the text real carefully. It says in verse number 32, while they were going out, a man who was demon possessed and could not talk, he was brought to Jesus. And when the demon was driven out, the man who had been mute began to speak. The crowd was amazed. And here's what they said. Nothing like this has ever happened in our eyes before. I just wish I had somebody in here that could just shout, I ain't never seen it like this before. I ain't never seen folk get sick and God make them well. I ain't never seen folk without food, but God put food on their table. I ain't never seen people without a job, but God kept on making a way out of no way. But then I ain't never seen folk that God been so good to act like God ain't been good to them. They can't hold it. They can't keep it to themselves. They cannot be quiet. They got to go tell somebody. And when you tell somebody, somebody else will get what you got. Good evening, goodbye. May the Lord bless you real good. But if you tell somebody, God will bless somebody. Even, even behind closed doors. I'm done. But can I help somebody in here as I pray with you? Nobody knows what goes on behind closed doors. I'm glad that even <laughs> with 80% in the country, of churches not operating for now what is close to 10 months faith has increased even after the public stuff that Jesus had done healing the leper touching Peter's mother healing the centurion servant the woman with the issue of blood Jairus' daughter. After all of that got shut down, Jesus goes indoors. Church closed, y'all. But these brothers said, no, church might be closed, but you are still in business. Can I tell you, Jesus is still in business. Can't get in church. But you can get to Jesus. You can't get in the building. 
but you can meet with the master. Can I tell you, you can have a little talk with Jesus. You can text, tweet, and type, I'm born again. Because you and the master had a conversation indoors, behind closed doors. Well, well, you know, they didn't walk down the aisle. So what? Matter of fact, if you need to walk down the aisle, go walk down your hallway. Just walk down the hallway in your own house. If you ain't got no hallway, just walk around in a circle where you at. And just declare, I'm saved, I'm healed by the power of Jesus Christ. Well, when you get back out again and folks say, when did all of this happen? What church did you go to? Tell them I went to the church of indoor open doors. I was inside with the master. I met with him. I confessed what I needed to confess with him. He gave me my questions. He said, do you believe I can do it? I know you know who I am, because that's why you're here. That's why you're praying. But do you believe I can do it? Do you believe Jesus can save your soul right where you are, brother? Right where you are, sister? Do you believe, my brother and my sister in the hospital room, that Jesus can deliver you, not just from the pandemic of the land, but from the sickness that has gripped your body? Do you believe, my brother and my sister, behind prison walls, that the Lord can liberate your soul even with physical confinement? Do you believe, my brother and my sister, that you are forgiven even though folk got a record of what happened, people remember where you've been and what you've done. But do you believe that in this indoor, out-of-season meeting with Jesus, that your sins have been forgiven? He's washed your sins away. If you believe that, there's going to be some information right here on the screen. I want you to call us, email us, and without a whole lot of anything, if you'll just put in the line, I believe, I believe. And you give us your name and a number to reach you, we're gonna call you, we're gonna put your name on the church roll, we're gonna accept you as a child of God, one whom the Lord has personally witnessed to in the confinement of your own space, wherever you are, not in church. You don't have to wait till church opens again. You keep seeking Jesus. You keep approaching him. You know who he is. You know what he's able to do. You approach him and he will save your soul. Pray with me as we prepare to receive Holy Communion. As Pastor Freeman comes, prepare your soul, prepare your heart. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you that the miracle of my life has been that my faith has increased. I was in the indoor church, me and you. I had on what I had on. It didn't look like much, but it was what I had. Matter of fact, God, I, I had my breakfast in front of me. I was eating, enjoying church. Thank you.
thank you that I've known who you are and I've heard what you've done for others. But now I am approaching you despite the severity of my situation that you might do it for me. Do it for me, Lord. Do it for me. The severity of my situation, according to others, keeps me away from you. But I believe it is the severity of my situation that gives me access to you. I believe who you are. I didn't even hear the disciples declare it in Matthew 16. I believe you're the son of David. By the record of your witness and what I've heard and seen and, and heard you do for others. That's what these blind men said. I know what you've done for others. The word is out on you. And Lord, based on that, that's good enough for me. And now I'm here. Matter of fact, I'm here with my blind buddy. I'm here with this situation I've been in. I'm here with my girlfriend, my boyfriend. I'm here with my significant other. I'm here in my relationship with my family. We're all blind. And we are all coming to you right now together. Regardless of what folks say about our situation, yeah, we live together. So we're going to get saved together. Ain't nobody judging nobody. Yep, we do whatever we do. But you meet us in the indoor church. You meet us in the place that's cut off from everybody else. Minister to us in this place. Minister to me in this place. Show me who you would have me to be, what you would have me to do. But now, Lord, I got to say one more thing. Forgive me in advance. Because you might tell me not to go tell nobody. <laughs> but you've been too good to us ah, for us to keep it to ourselves. You have been too kind and too merciful. You have made a way out of no way. You've done exceedingly abundantly above that which we could even ask you for. You've healed when we didn't know what we were being healed from. You have blessed in ways that we were not expecting. So Lord, I cannot promise you I'm going to keep that to myself. As a matter of fact, I'll tell the world wherever I go how good and how kind you have been in spite of us. But Lord, let my word be a witness that there's somebody on the other side of my telling and my testimony that has a worse situation than me. This man was demon-possessed and he was mute and he had some other issues. But you did the same thing for him after I went out and told somebody what you had done for me. God, teach us how to tell our story even when it takes place behind closed doors. In Jesus' name, all of those who love the Lord, said amen. God bless you. God keep you. 
God be with you. We will be fine again when we see each other again. And when we see each other again, we'll be fine again. God bless you.